This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. I think most Hoosiers first became familiar with Sue Elsperman as Indiana's 50th Lieutenant Governor, serving from 2013 until 2016, when she was named President of Ivy Tech Community College. Uh, Dr. Elsperman has her PhD and master's degree from the University of Louisville in industrial engineering and held a number of positions in the private sector, including a period of time when she owned and operated her own consulting firm. Uh, From 2006 to 2012, she served as the founding director of the Center for Applied Research at the University of Southern Indiana, which is where I first met Sue. Uh, And when I met her, she was running for her first term as a state representative in the Indiana General Assembly. Sue Elsperman obviously brings a diverse experience as a business person, educator, engineer, and leader to her current role as the president of Ivy Tech. Uh, and uh, Dr. Elspeman, I apologize if I have not done justice to your two-page bio on the Ivy Tech website, uh, but I'd le- I, I intend to leave some time that for us to actually hear from you. Uh, so thank you for taking time to be with me today. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. And Lee, anyone who wants to look through a two-page bio is crazy or very bored. So thank you for condensing things. Well, I mean, I think it's it's important for people to understand uh, the wealth of experience that you bring to, to this role, because it's a very, very critical role for the state of Indiana, and certainly uh, for IEDA members doing economic development, um, as, as you and I've discussed, as we know, uh, workforce development, uh, human capital is really probably the most critical asset that we have right now, or sometimes lack of asset. So that's why I'm appreciative of you taking time to be here. Uh, So early in your tenure, uh, you spent a lot of time listening to Ivy Tech stakeholders, uh, the staff, faculty, students, employers. Uh, What were some of the critical opportunities that you heard from all of those stakeholders as you went around the state listening? Yeah, it's it's a great question. That's been five years ago, by the way. It's hard to imagine that I've been at Ivy Tech that long. But I think what I heard from uh, our employers were that they needed a skilled workforce. And even then, that was not always a four-year degree. That was a credential of value that helped their business to be more productive and succeed, right? Um, So that was important. Uh, From our own faculty and staff, they could see the world changing. The type of student who was coming to Ivy Tech was ever more diverse, was more part-time an adult. We were no longer primarily 18-year-olds, but more likely, you know, we know our average age is closer to 30 at Ivy Tech. So that students' needs were changing. The modalities were beginning to change. Online was beginning to become bigger and, and bigger while the needs of our students for wraparound services, you know, it was no longer just tuition that was important, but it was, how do I get here with reliable transportation and daycare and emergency aid that they needed for housing and child support, all kinds of challenges. So um, we are, we were seeing that student as we know, Indiana, what we heard as a state and way back in 2013, when we put together Indiana Career Council work on Indiana adopting that big goal of 
uh, 60% of our workforce having a post-secondary degree or credential by 2025, that was becoming ever more apparent that we needed many more Hoosiers, not just the top half of the senior class to go on for a post-secondary credential. We really needed the majority of Hoosiers, the vast majority, if, if they could leave high school with a credential, that would be ideal to get a good uh, step up on that ladder. But there, so there were a lot of changes happening. And as I saw when I was Lieutenant Governor and certainly recognized when I got here, Ivy Tech is Indiana's workforce engine. We serve all of Indiana, currently 19 campuses. Um, we have to be there and in alignment with the employers and communities we serve. Do you think, uh, so you've talked, you talked quite a bit about credentials. Um, and, and I think that sometimes uh, parents, people, students think that, that uh, every kid coming out of high school has to have a four-year college degree uh, and that that is the only ticket to success. And yet, uh, you know, you talked a lot about credentials. Um, what's the value uh, of all of that? And, and what, what are our challenges in helping people uh, especially young people sort of see that as an as a viable goal. Yeah. First of all, I'm not saying the bachelor's degrees aren't important. You know, certainly there are many professions that you have to have at a minimum a bachelor's degree. Teachers, and we wouldn't want a doctor without an MD, and engineers without a PE, et cetera. So yes, there are some things where those are critical. But in reality, there are a lot of jobs. Think about IT. Some of the the great success stories in that industry are people who never finished college. Uh, now, they should have software development background or cybersecurity training or cloud computing whatever, or AI. Those don't necessarily require a four-year degree. In fact, they can start with a certification in a key area, and that's typically an industry certification, something that proves to industry you are competent at doing an important skill or competency. And then we put those into short-term certificates, which um, may build off that competency to 18 to 21 hours to a technical certificate, which would be 30 credits. Uh, and by the way, a licensed practical nurse is actually a technical certificate. It's a one-year credential. And what would we be doing in our skilled care facilities if we didn't have licensed practical nurses? An RN from Ivy Tech is exactly the nurse, that registered nurse is a two-year degree. That's an associate degree. Now, many get a bachelor's, but all that's left to get the bachelor's is general electives. It's not the clinicals. It's not the, the real skill of being a nurse. It's a rounding out. So it's not a judgment of what's most important, but we know that getting high-value short-term credentials, like taking Hoosiers to the next, excuse me, like the uh, next level jobs program that the General Assembly passed three years ago now, going into its fourth year, we know that those short-term credentials, those are typically 18 credit uh, short-term certificates, those completers are earning almost $7,000 more per year based on that credential, which only cost the state less than half of that $7,000 one time right? So it is making the right investments aligned with what employers need. 
so that someone can come to Ivy Tech or a higher ed institution, gain that next credential, go back into the workforce earning more, and then stack them along their career uh, to continue to move higher as that employer or they want a career that continues to move them up the ladder. And obviously you've, you've spent a lot of time thinking about many of those sort of structural issues and, uh, and thinking about um, sort of where Ivy Tech fits into that grand scheme of, of how we prepare uh, more Hoosiers for the workforce. And I think probably one of the tools that you, that you may have used for part of that was um, in 2018, uh, you launched a, a five-year strategic plan. And within that plan, there were eight different goals that have both uh, internal and external priorities. Uh, you know, uh, talk about why, when you got there, uh, you felt it was important because obviously, um, uh, you know, I think, you know, you're, you're very focused on action. I mean, uh, but, but, but obviously, and, and, and doing a strategic plan is an action, but it's also uh, a period of time in which you know you're you're doing a lot of a lot of thinking and a lot of of facilitating. So why was it important uh, at that point in your tenure to do a five year strategic plan? And how did you go about doing that plan? Well, it, it's a great question because we're a statewide entity, nineteen campuses now, eighteen at that time. Um, and we have to row in the same direction, right? We need we are funded by the state, solely by the state, uh, half, a billion, half a billion dollar total budget, but 250 million of that coming a year from the state of Indiana. We have to have all of our campuses aligned to serve uh, and to serve in the best way. As a new president coming in, having that strategic plan provides the alignment uh, and even as I shared earlier, back then we saw that the world of higher education was changing. So how could we ensure that through that strategic plan, we were capturing the expectations of stakeholders externally, state, employers, communities, et cetera, and then reflecting on how best to take these amazing resources of Ivy Tech, community college, campuses, faculty, staff, to make sure we made the most movement forward for the state and towards, as I shared earlier, that big goal. So that was imperative. We knew that Ivy Tech owns a big part of the state's success towards having the workforce employers need and the educational attainment that ensures the success of our economy moving forward. And I think it has to be a big challenge. You know, you talked about the multiple campuses spread around the state. Um, trying to create a, a, a common vision, but also facilitate a common culture almost uh, amongst mm -hmm. those various parts. Um, was that part of what was also driving part of that, yeah. that notion of doing a strategic plan? So absolutely. And some people who are listening know that strategic planning is a back, part of my background. I did that with many organizations, including University of Southern Indiana, where I was just before I came into the lieutenant governor position. So helping people row together, it is about aligning on mission. It's aligning on vision. And for us, that's 50,000 credentials a year awarded to our students aligned with 
the needs of industry and that rolls up to the big goal of the state. Um, it's also the core values, being student-centered, being transparent, uh, being always focused on outcomes, et cetera. So those core values are critically important. Uh, and then of course the actual, uh, as it turns out, seven uh, goals in the original plan and an eighth one we added the following year that really defined where we would focus the strategies and how we would learn to row together. Sue, it's almost like you knew what I was going to ask next. It's just, you know, how remarkable uh, to talk about those, those now eight goals uh, in the strategic plan. You've obviously had a few years and to now mm -hmm. start to implement that. Uh, but if you would, uh, talk about each of the now eight goals and uh, give a little snapshot of uh, where you are in terms of, of accomplishing or moving toward those goals. Terrific. So the first goal, which wouldn't be a, a surprise in a higher ed institution is student success, ensuring that every student is successful in persisting towards their outcome, whatever their objective is at degree or credential. And that's tough with the students we serve, which are the most at risk. You know, they're the first generation, low income, typically working adults. Um, it is a, for them, this is not an easy task. Uh, so making sure that we are reinventing the college to be what they need us to be, which by the way, the first strategy in that goal is those wraparound services that we knew it wasn't just about what happens in the classroom, it's making sure they can get to class or that they can, they have the technology to do it online, whatever that is, so those wraparound services. Um, so goal two is recruitment and enrollment. We can't, even if Ivy Tech served every 18 year old who was coming out of high school, that would not get the state to that 60% goal. It has to be adults and high school graduates coming to Ivy Tech. So making sure we were every corner of the state uh, that we were recruiting, not just enrolling, but recruiting those who should be with us. And that includes places like the Department of Corrections. So we do work um, there to bring short-term certificates of value that get those, uh, those formerly incarcerated to jobs that pay above median wage. And oh, by the way, then help them not reoffend. Um, so that's key, key to us being successful. Goal three is all about completions. It's at 50,000 per year. We went from 21,000 uh, completions per year when I arrived to last year being over 37,800 on our way to 50,000. So we're still ahead of, ahead of schedule towards that big 50,000. It's tough though. I mean, it, especially in a pandemic year when we saw it tough to help students persist, you know, that you've got to have them persist to complete, right? But also as they are in programs where they're being directed early into what are those programs that they will succeed in. Uh, I'll talk next about workforce and some of our best efforts here, which is adding career development in a whole new way to ensure that students are being coached into high wage, high demand opportunities, not just floundering around, well, I'm not sure, next semester I'm going to change my major again. 
let we, number one, as Ivy Tech, have to be offering those programs that are of highest demand to employers and be responsible to recruit not only, not just by ourselves, but in partnership with employers and the state uh, into those high wage, high demand jobs. And we literally put our programs into quadrants and those high wage, high demand, uh, where we don't have enough students enrolled, those become quadrant one. And we focus heavily to try to encourage students into those. We're pushing on our quadrant two programs, which are those that, that we are limited enrollment because we just can't do more. And I'll give you the classic example, nursing. We will complete 1,800 nurses a year at Ivy Tech. Imagine that. Can you imagine another institution in the state that does even a quarter of that? 1,800 and it's not enough. So how do we find more clinicals, hire more master's level uh, faculty and and expand into even more campuses? So we have a 19th campus that's gonna get nursing soon, but that's quadrant two. That is around workforce. Well, I would suspect, though, that you're probably facing uh, the same challenge that that a lot of other employers are is probably you've got to have a bottleneck somewhere in terms of instructors. Oh, absolutely. It's pretty hard to hire a master's in nursing within our pay range. Right. So we're trying to uh, find those masters. They need them in the in the hospitals where in some cases I can name hospital systems where we're sharing their their employees are becoming our faculty part-time to help. All of that just says we have to figure out ways to continue to expand to meet the need. Goal five is our employee goal. We want to be a great place to work. We think uh, we have an amazing mission, but we also have a great responsibility to our employees. And as you know, talent is going to be the most challenging thing for all of us, not just our manufacturing and um, for-profit sectors, but in the non-for-profit sector as well. Well, six is our financial goal to be financially uh, strong, to be able to achieve the mission, and we are. Well, seven is our community goal. We added this is, we call it putting more community in community college, making sure that while we're funded primarily by the state, making sure that we're aligned to every community we serve and those employers in it. And then the new one that you said, goal eight, I mentioned, we did the goal, this strategic plan thinking these seven goals covered it all. And we thought diversity, equity was all built in. And a year later, we said, you know what? When we refreshed the plan, we said, we didn't do enough here. So we developed goal eight uh, over two years ago, diversity, equity, and belonging. And that is as it relates to students and employees. Uh, we are the most inclusive higher ed institution, and we need to create an environment where every student succeeds, where equity gaps are eliminated, and where our employees can bring their best selves to work. So those are our eight goals. They have been um, now well into our third year. I can say they're right on target, but we do each year refresh the strategies. So I would say our strategic plan today is as effective as it was three years ago when we designed it. Um, and it should take us fully through these five years. So we talked a little bit before we, we started um, re- recording about, um, so you have your strategic plan and you're, and you're working through that. Um, by their very notion, though, and, and you both you and I have, have helped facilitate strategic plans, 
uh, probably more than we, we care to count at this point. <laughs> yes. and, and in some cases, we, we, there are some of them we don't want to remember. Um, but they do have, I mean, they, they do have a sort of a presence in that even though they can be future looking, they're still sort of moored to, to the present. We talked a little bit about, you know, how are you also now with you and your staff, how are you looking to sort of the future of key occupations? And one of the things that we talked about was, you know, as we start to see vehicle manufacturing move from the internal combustion engine uh, to electric vehicles, you know, that's going to change economic development. It's going to change the workforce. Uh, as we start thinking about renewable energy, um, that's going to change um, both in terms of sort of the supplier side, but then also, you know, from a maintenance standpoint. Uh, so, so there are some real fundamental shifts that are occurring uh, in our marketplace. How, how are you preparing for that? And how, how does Ivy Tech, how are you looking into the future? Yeah, it's, it's a great one. The future of work is absolutely at the forefront of our mind. In fact, two weeks we go to, we're doing a community college of the future retreat uh, where we have asked thought leaders from across the country to share with us where they think future of work uh, and higher ed is going. But let me use, for example, our approach to industry 4.0. For those, most of your listeners, they know that that is the, that integrated connected factory of the future, smart manufacturing, if you will. Um, so we've been working with those um, organizations that are at the forefront and employers uh, to be at the forefront of the certifications that are coming out. They're SACA certifications uh, around smart manufacturing. We've built now in collaboration with employers, industry associations, AACC, which is our community college uh, national association, a certificate, technical certificate uh, through associate degree first in the country, smart manufacturing and digital integration degree, which is now seeing awards uh, given to it because it is exactly what industry needs. 97% of employers uh, who were asked about this um, degree as it was being completed said, yes, that's what they need. So strong industry ownership. So we can't do it before the new, this new technology is implemented, but we can do it along with and in close partnership with the employers and industry associations so that we're ready to roll it out. Like that SACA, excuse me, the Smart Manufacturing Digital Integration Degree, more than 10 uh, certifications are built in with many more on the way. So it will constantly be improved. I'd say the same thing with our cloud computing credential that we just rolled out this last year. We, we will, with autonomous vehicles, as employers begin to set up that manufacturing and the, the technical skills needed to maintain autonomous vehicles, expect us to be right alongside saying, okay, let's see what you need. And then we will build with and whatever autonomous associations <laughs> emerge over this time, we will build those together. And we just have to assume that these new degrees and credentials are going to constantly evolve. If you knew how many changes we turned in each year to USDOE on our programs, our degrees, 
and uh, certificates, it would blow your mind. It blows their mind because that's what it takes to stay at the front of what industry needs. Higher ed isn't designed to be as agile as Ivy Tech is and needs to be to keep up with employers. We're not going to let that slow us down. We will, if we have to, we will begin by offering programs as non-credit until we can get those other systems to catch up with us because employers can't wait. But the most important thing, Lee, is that we do it alongside employers and their associations, whether that's in IT, healthcare, manufacturing, uh, logistics, uh, transportation, et cetera. So, so as, a, as the leader for Ivy Tech, um, you started as an engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you came, you came to education, but, but, but with an engineering background. How do you think that gives you a, a different perspective in terms of thinking about these challenges and opportunities because of that? Because, I mean, every engineer that, I, that I've known and I've worked with, there is, a, there is a way in which engineers approach a problem and the way in which they think about uh, solving problems. How do you think that that has uniquely perhaps helped you, positioned you uh, to think about some of the transitions and some of the challenges you're dealing with at Ivy Tech? I may have surprised you with that yeah, question. No, that's a great question. Um, it is about um, problem solving, number one, that, and that is what most engineers love. And I, my team here, unfortunately, would probably say I haven't met a problem that I don't want to chat, want to take a, take a stab at and think we can solve. Um, so that, that approach and being data-driven, the, the second, you know, we have to have good information to work from. So when I talk about that strategic plan, every piece of that strategic plan has one or two metrics associated with those goals, which we follow. And then many leading indicators across the college to see if we're getting better or not. And if we're not, then what's the new data because we have to continuously improve and agility is key in everything. So I think the problem solving and, and data focus has been critical, the outcomes driven approach and problems are problems. They're, you know, people are critical to solving the problems. They aren't the problems, right? We have an opportunity to work together, to work on creating processes, creating credentials, creating um, the environment where students can succeed. And we do that together. Uh, And, you know, for me, I think the other thing that really helped me in addition to being an engineer was having had that purview of the state and understanding the state of Indiana, how the IEDC, how local economic development, how industry, how the associations, how the agencies how we all needed to work together to make progress. So there are very few problems out there that Ivy Tech can solve all by itself. We do almost everything in partnership with others. And uh, it's why our advisory boards are so important. It's why on new programs, bringing, doing these together, it's why working side by side with the state on next level jobs 
or the Commission on Higher Education on how we move higher ed forward. It's just, we don't do these things alone. We do them in partnership. Well, so that brings me uh, to, to one of the key questions too, uh, from our perspective at the Economic Development Association, you know, how can we, how can we better partner uh, to us to for the mutual benefit of of both, um, and I as I was forming this question, I I, I was thinking, you know, um, our members now are spending an increasing amount of time on uh, retention calls, uh, being out meeting with their the businesses that are already in their communities. It seems to me that that and as you've talked about data. Uh, you know, part of what they're doing is they're, you know, they're asking about what are challenges, what are opportunities, what can we be doing to serve you? Um, you know, I'm wondering if there's an opportunity as our folks are out there um, meeting with their local businesses and collecting information, if there's an opportunity for some, for some partnership there, where as they're, you know, as they're asking questions, collecting information, I wonder if there's an opportunity where, where again, there's a mutual benefit uh, between your institution, our local economic developers, uh, because uh, we all have come to the realization that right now, uh, workforce, human beings, human capital, is our is our absolute core asset uh, that we have for for really spurring our economy. So how can we how can we help you help us? Well, and, and as, as this help us, it's really helping the state of Indiana. It's helping every Hoosier be more prosperous and helping every company and uh, business succeed uh, and prosper as well. So I think, um, first of all, anytime one of your economic developers wants one of my 19 chancellors to join them on a visit or a call or in any endeavor with an employer, know that um, I can say, with 100% certainty that our chancellors are happy to do that as well as their workforce and careers team, because we have, there's no better way to train our career coaches by going into those employers to understand their needs, our employer consultants to uh, understand how we can help and what programs they need. Uh, so certainly at that level, at the state level, our uh, Senior Vice President of Workforce and Careers, uh, Chris Lowry, it owns kind of our overarching workforce facing, making sure that we are meeting the needs statewide. So if anytime uh, you want your whole association wants to come together with our senior leadership in that way to talk about these emerging sectors and what you're seeing statewide that we can help with and and maybe pursue, let's use autonomous uh, vehicles and, and the workforce of that if they want to work side by side uh, in a think tank capacity. That's certainly something we would welcome. I think in every case, one thing that your team and economic developers can do is help to remind employers that sometimes they're gonna have to invest in their current workforce, to scale them up, to be the workforce that they need for tomorrow. And we're here to do that as well. There is no better 
way and time to get someone to come back and gain that next credential than when an employer says, hey, I would love to see you become my IT or accounting or um, industrial maintenance person, right? And we want to help skill you up. Because as we skill people up, we will unleash the productivity. We will be able to automate some of those lower value tasks that we will have the talent that we need to move forward. And my goal, unashamedly as past Lieutenant Governor, is to make sure every Hoosier has a great job. Then anybody else we wanna invite into the state, I'm fine, but let's let them take the entry level positions. I'd like to see today's Hoosiers have the 50,000 to $100,000 jobs out there, not necessarily the $12 an hour jobs, right? So if we can, to the extent that you can help us make the case, prove the ROI with employers that skilling up their own workforce is their best investment and we will be at their side. And it's not just us as a two-year partner, they're four-year partners that will do exactly the same thing. And we can do that at their side um, in the most productive manner, most cost-effective manner as well. Well, and I appreciate that. And, and I like the idea uh, that that there may be opportunities for the chancellors to, to join some of those retention and expansion calls. Um, because I think that again, communicates first of all to, to that employer uh, that Ivy Tech is a partner through the entire process and then also begins to help us all begin to develop that understanding of what the employers are dealing with uh, and begins to, de to develop those relationships if they don't already exist. Uh, uh, and it should be no surprise to you that we are, I am, Chris is our, we are at the table many times with the IEDC and I would, I know from chancellor conversations that it's not unusual for them to be side by side, but it is one of their key roles. <laughs> it is not a small part. When I hire a chancellor, I always tell them that they are 100% outward facing and 100% inward facing. Mm -hmm. And that 100% outward is incredibly important. We cannot succeed in supporting our communities and our citizens and our employers without that view that we exist solely to support those out there. I appreciate that. And, and I appreciate your time. I know how valuable it is. And I appreciate that you would spend this time with me. Um, what haven't we discussed that you want to get in front of our members before we close today? I will just say thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for the work that is underway with Indiana's Ready Grant. Uh, again, I know we're at, a, at the table with many of those conversations. It's a great opportunity for our state to move forward yet another notch. It's a big investment to us being even stronger going forward. Uh, and I just wanna lead by saying, I know many of your members from over the years, and I just wanna thank them for all the work they do in our communities. Indiana is no doubt a stronger state, a more prosperous state uh, as a result of their efforts. And I, I know some days it feels like there's always a new challenge to solve, but we, are, we have made tremendous progress in the state. And, and I thank you and all of uh, our 
uh, economic development colleagues for the great work they do. And it's a pleasure to work with all of you. Well, we appreciate the partnership and we appreciate your leadership very much uh, in uh, helping us all sort of move forward. Uh, so uh, my thanks to Dr. Sue Elsperman, uh, president of Ivy Tech Community College. Uh, thank you, Sue, for taking time uh, with me, but taking time to really share your thoughts with our members. Um, we've been talking to uh, some of your staff also about doing a regular series uh, podcast where we can highlight some very specific programs uh, that Ivy Tech is coming on, but we're honored that you uh, allowed us to, to make you the first of our podcast uh, featuring Ivy Tech. So thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. And Lee, it's been way too long since we've had some time together. So it was great to reconnect today. Well, Sue, your luck ran out. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. My pleasure, Lee. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content in this podcast is copyright 2020 by the Indiana Economic Development Association, and all rights are reserved. Music